Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. We've all heard about the golden years. Maybe you're living them now. It's that phase in life after 65 when many can start thinking about retirement and enjoying the rest of their days with their spouse or partner. When we marry, we hope we can live a long life with the one we love. But it doesn't always work out that way. Today, we look at widowhood from the perspective of people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. When a loved one dies, where do widows go for support when they still have many more years before them? Coming up, we'll hear from journalist and author Becky Aikman about life as a young widow. She wrote the book Saturday Night Widows, in part to highlight how our culture doesn't provide much guidance to people who want to move past grief to start their lives again. First, we introduced you to Christy Koval in September during our show on the medical marijuana program in Connecticut. Her late husband, Tracy, had cancer and used medical marijuana after exhausting other treatment options. She's back in the studio with us today to tell us about her journey as a widow in her 40s. Now, have you lost a spouse or partner at a young age? How did you restart your life? You can join the conversation. Email where we live at WMPR.org. And as always, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Christy Koval. Middletown resident. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So you're in your 40s. And uh, as we learned a few months ago, just three months, I believe, you lost uh, your, your husband, Tracy. Um, for listeners who didn't hear that show when we had you on, tell us about him. He, um, so we were married 20 years. And uh, he was diagnosed with cancer 10 years into our marriage. Uh, and you know, the last two in particular, um, I was his primary caregiver. And, um, you know, a lot of things happened um, during that time. And he passed away in August uh, with the support of hospice and, you know, wonderful family and friends. And so, you know, we had a lot of time to process what was going to happen. And so um, for me, you know, now I'm in this sort of new phase of my life. And, and although we sort of talked about this, uh, quite a bit, and I felt like I was, you know, prepared. And I'll use the word "prepared" in quotes. You're actually never really prepared uh, for this. And so, you know, being in this cohort, uh, you know, I sort of thought that there would be a lot of support and resources out there. And I'm finding that um, you're finding your way in a very unique way uh, because widowhood, you know, is something that when we teach in the lifespan, we're teaching that at sort of the end of your life. You know, you you enter widowhood, and then you know, you're entering sort of the end of your life. And, and I look at my life and I know I have a lot of life left to live. And yet I'm now defined as a widow, which, uh, which is a very unique uh, sort of state. You said that you thought that you could be prepared because of your husband's longtime illness, but you said you're never prepared. So after he passed, I mean, do the people have a lot of advice for you or where did you turn? So, um, you know, through a lot of, you know, supports, uh, both individual counseling, uh, you know, I found a support group um, that I'm currently attending. Uh, you know, I practice yoga. I've gotten into some meditation. You know, I exercise uh, friends. You know, I'm doing all of the things that you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, I'm choosing to renovate some spaces in my house because uh, I was caring for Tracy in the house. And I felt like that was very helpful to me to sort of change the space and change the energy. 
uh, there. But, um, you know, it's been a little bit challenging because, you know, support groups, um, I found, you know, while the group I go to is very well facilitated, the cohort is very, very different. And so um, the people that I'm meeting in this group, uh, you know, a lot of them have been going for a long period of time. There's a lot of sort of holding on. And, and I think I was going to the group expecting to meet people my age. And, and now I'm in this place where I'm looking online for a lot of resources. Christy helped uh, connect us with other another widow and widower. I want to turn to Ada Rodriguez. She's a West Hartford resident and mother of two children. Ada, welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us about your journey. Um, so my husband uh, passed away two years ago after a, an almost two-year um, battle with uh, brain cancer. Um, you know, when you get the diagnosis uh, that your husband, who was a healthy individual, um, that he has brain cancer. And then when you start doing your research about what type of cancer that is, and he had the glioblastoma, which is the worst um, brain cancer that you can have, we knew at that point that, um, you know, he had very few years to live, months. We were not sure. So it was a, a, a long year journey of two years, um, and then finally he passed. Um, and... Um, yeah, you know, it's it's now it's been two years for me, so it's been like a roller coaster of emotions. Um, trying to um, find out who you are as a person, you were a certain person, you were identified as a mother of two children, you had a husband, you were married. Um, now, what are you? You know, are you a widow? Are you single? So you really have to discover that new role in your life. And that has been a very tough. Um, my background is in mental health. I study psychology. I'm a licensed professional counselor. And I think that was kind of my saving grace um, because I, I knew what I needed to do. I had a lot of close friends that were therapists and psychologists, and I got a lot of support in that way. Um, I did um, did my research and tried to identify places where I could go for support. And being a mental health counselor, I was a little critical and, and, and strict about what I needed. And when people didn't provide that to me, I got very discouraged. Um, but um, I, I, I think um, support. sometimes the support groups um, focus a lot on um, you know, connecting you that others are in your same situation and you hear everybody's pain. But after that, you know what comes after. And I think um, that's the piece that's lacking about um, that in, in all this darkness, there's hope and there's light and people need to know that there's, um, you know, there's good things coming out of all this horrible situation. So. And we're going to talk about that more a little bit later, but I want to introduce our listeners to our third guest, Mark Dombrowski, another West Hartford resident, a father of two children. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. So your story is a little bit different. Um, unlike uh, Ada and Christy, your spouse passed away suddenly. Can you tell us about her? Yes. Um, it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon, and we were out riding a bike, and she, she had a tragic accident, uh, fell over, was wearing a helmet, um, but still the trauma was so great that um, she she passed away after uh, two days being on life support. So it was a extreme shock to all of us, just to everyone in the community um, who learned about this. Um, it just happened uh, very suddenly, um, and um, I think that without the support of our, our faith community, especially um, 
Father David from Holy Family Passionist Retreat Center, who was really one of the first individuals I called and came right to the hospital to just help, you know, guide me through this situation that was just, I was totally unprepared to to make those kinds of decisions and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, Anne was uh, very connected into the community in West Hartford through um, all of her volunteer activities and through, um, we had connections with several of the churches in town. So um, we really received such an outpouring of um, of love and support initially and even up to now. I mean, it has just been incredible, the support we've gotten from, from everyone, um, from the schools, the community, our neighbors, um, not to mention our family and had family here. Uh, in Middletown and Deep River and Clinton and also North Providence, Rhode Island. So her family is all close. Um, my family's in North Carolina, but they were able to to stay with me during those first couple weeks and really provide a lot of support. So um, I'm just really uh, kind of in the early stages of this process. So I'm really interested to hear what others have um, found helpful to them. And I'm happy to share any other thing of my observations and things that I've learned that things that have helped me. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today we're talking about widowhood, specifically the perspective of young widows and widowers, people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, um, and how community, how people who are listening now can support them. And I wanted to turn back uh, to Christy. Um, so you helped us um, reach out to Ada and Mark, um, but you're also a, you're an extrovert. You're very comfortable talking with people. Um, but for people who may not um, have a strong community behind them or a close network of friends and family, uh, what would your advice be to them? Well, I think you know. I think the the goal here is you want to make sure you reach out for support. Um, you want to recognize that you know while you're going through your own grief, it's really okay to ask for help. It and that doesn't. Or it's okay if you are somebody and you see somebody who's a young widow to offer that help. You know, one of the things we were talking about is how supportive the community and friends and family are. But it's not the support sort of let me know if you need anything. It's how about I come do your leaves or you know what, I let, do you want to have lunch next Tuesday or – I'm picking up groceries. I'm at the store right now. Do you want me to help you with that? So I think, you know, really assessing your family, your friends, your network, and and taking advantage of it because um, you're going to need them, even if your network isn't terribly large. But I think people, you know, people do really step up. And and I've been very, very fortunate. Um, My neighborhood is wonderful. My family and friends are wonderful. So you just have to be open to asking for it. Um, And if you know somebody who's a young widow, offer something and offer something tangible, Um, you know, something that you don't have to think about, like a a pre-made sort of thing. Ada, I want to turn back to you, um, hearing a little bit of Christy's story. Was that easy for you to do, to ask for help or to accept help when it was given? Um, Well, I think that's where we go at (laughs) people with different personalities. You know, I've always been pretty independent and kind of... I came to um, Connecticut um, about, I don't know, it's been like maybe 20 years ago 
from El Salvador, so I really don't have any family here. David's family, my husband, late husband, uh, lives in Long Island, so they're a little far. They're very loving and caring and support me, but um, really, I had to really depend on on friends. And um, during this whole situation, um, I needed to learn that it was okay to receive the help, um, and it was okay to say yes to all those offers, and that it was okay that my neighbor was doing my snow every <laughs> snowstorm um, before I would be, oh, please don't do that for me. Um, so you, you learn, you adjust. Now, are there things that people have said to you in your journey that you would you know, recommend that some people not say to someone who's lost a person that very close to them? Mark, I'll throw that question to you. Um, I'm not sure. I, you know, I think anything that's said, I, you know, understand where it's coming from, you know. So what what I've noticed is the people that do push in closer, they they generally have something important to say to you, and it's oftentimes out of their own loss or grief that they are experienced in it, and they're able to share that with you. You know, we... Um, Sometimes if people, you know, you can kind of sense if they're a little awkward or uncomfortable, and that's okay too, you know, really just maybe they haven't had that experience. And, you know, our experience is so um, unique that, you know, we don't expect a lot of people to know what's going on. But the people that do push through, the people that come forward, they come to, to you for a reason. And um, I've, I've found that they really have something good to say for you. I want to take a call now. Uh, Lynn's calling from her car. Lynn, you're on the show. Uh, yes. Hi. Um, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was driving along and uh, I've caught the beginning of this show and found it quite interesting as I am currently 51 years old. I'm also a resident of West Hartford. It's not like there's a couple on the phone from there. And I lost my husband um, eight years ago. I was 43 and he had only been ill for about two months, actually exactly two months. He had a rare form of leukemia. So it wasn't something we were preparing for um, at that point. And we had been uh, married for almost 19 years. So I heard another woman um, was 20. We didn't have any children. And um, what that, um, in terms of my whole transition, where I was hearing some of this topic, I suddenly started to find some organizations or groups of people out there that I never knew about. I got back in touch with some uh, activities I, I used to do outdoors um, in my childhood that I hadn't been doing as much of. Um, I found a local uh, ski club that did year-round activities through another uh, friend of mine and started going to some of their activities, and that spawned into another organization, the Appalachian Mountain Club, and uh, started to engage with some folks there. Um, from a spirituality perspective, uh, started to uh, hit into, I heard another woman talk about meditation. I also got into yoga and meditation, and that led to some other um, avenues and some other individuals and groups of people. And I have to say now, my life is so full. Um, I never, there's never a day I don't think about my husband, and I miss him. Um, but it really brought some new things to me that weren't out there, but I agree it's really hard at that age. Again, I was 43 that um, a lot of people think if you're not you know, not with somebody at that stage, you're probably divorced, and it's a different um, situation when you're widowed, and 
So um, I was very fortunate, but again, you know, I still um, am building my life. So I just wanted to share that. Well, thank you so much, Lynn, and we're happy to hear that um, you're you're doing well. And I wanted to have Christy respond to Lynn's story because, again, you know, part of why you wanted to come on to the show is to talk about the fact that there is hope. Absolutely, and and thank you for sharing your story. And I'm I'm also finding too that um, you know, your life is sort of changing in in different ways, and and so you're. You know, you're meeting new people and you're having new experiences. And because you're you're reframing your life, I you know I, I find it very helpful to connect with younger people. Um, you know, people in my my age that are going through this or maybe farther along because, you know, you sort of have a planful life. And when you're with a spouse and, you know, as Ada mentioned, you're sort of defined as wife, it could be mother, you know, and and when all of that is no longer your reality and you're trying to establish a new reality, I think you need to be very open um, to that. And I think being open, you know, creates a lot of hope. I want to take another uh, call right before we go to break. Uh, Yvonne's calling from Canton. Yvonne, you're on the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I also was listening to the program on my drive into work this morning, and I wanted to let your listeners and your panel know that there is an organization called Beginning Experience International Ministry, and I hope that you might have come across it in your Google searches. I'm not sure, uh, but it is an um, organization that um, helps people with grief recovery and Uh, They have a a weekend program primarily, and I heard your um, panel members saying that the support groups are somewhat helpful to know that they're not alone and to know that other people have pain and to be able to share your pain, but I think that um, they are touching on something as well that they might be searching for something for what to do when they're ready to perhaps move on from there or what does come next. And this ministry provides that type of program. And the next weekend program that is available is going to be in March. Generally in the Connecticut area, they hold it twice a year, once in the fall and once in the spring. And the one coming up is going to be the weekend of March 3rd to 6th. And um, it's a fantastic organization. It's been around for over 40 years. It's been around in Connecticut since 2007. It's also international. Um, and um, should I give the phone number for if they want to find out about it? or? Sure, and then we'll have to go um, to break. Go ahead, Yvonne. Sure. The number is 574-283-0279. And they could go to the website beginningexperience.org, and it is all about hope, and it is all about how to go on living, basically, and um, I I would just encourage everyone to find it on the Internet or give us a call, 574-283-0279. All right, Yvonne, thank you so much uh, for that information. We'll also put that up on our website, wmpr.org slash where we live. Uh, This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel, and today we're bringing you stories from women and men in Connecticut who've lost their spouses at a young age. They find it often it's hard to relate to certain support groups that are geared towards senior citizens. When we come back from the break, we'll hear from journalist and author Becky Aikman about how widowhood doesn't mean life has ended. In fact, there is hope to restart life again, including finding love again. We'll hear from her coming up. This is Where We Live.
This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today we're talking about widowhood with three Connecticut residents who each lost their spouses at a relatively young age. Where do they go for support? There are support groups out there, but it's not a one-size-fits-all. Becky Aikman can attest to that. The journalist and author lost her husband when she was in her 40s. She grieved, but then she wanted to learn how to move on. Her journey is detailed in her book, Saturday Night Widows, The Adventures of Six Friends, Remaking Their Lives. And she joins us from NPR studio Studios in New York. Becky Aikman, welcome to Where We Live. Hi, Lucy. So tell us a little bit about your story. Well, um, when my husband died, uh, like these other guests that you've had, I felt very disconnected from the rest of society because no one expects to suddenly be alone at that stage in their lives. So I sought out resources, as all of your guests did, to try to help me find a way to go forward and have a happy life. I was very happy to hear them talking about things like going on ski trips and uh, doing yoga because... Um, I find that our culture is very uncomfortable with anything that has to do with death. And therefore, a lot of the resources for widows, unfortunately, are based on very outdated conventional ideas that aren't terribly helpful, ideas that widows are supposed to be dreary and dowdy and hopeless and helpless, and they should join support groups where they sit around with other helpless people talking about how sad they are. I, in fact, did go to a widow's support group where that happened, and when I spoke to the uh, facilitator of the group and said, couldn't we focus more on ideas for going forward and trying to be happy, he said, I don't think you fit in. I don't think you should come back. Wow. So you got kicked out. I was kicked out (laughs) of my widow's support group, which (laughs) wasn't such a bad thing in the long run because... As a journalist, it forced me to then go and do research about what is actually helpful for people who have lost a loved one. Um, And I met with scientists who've studied actual people, and they told me that much of the conventional wisdom is wrong. That, in fact, like many other setbacks and transitions in life, what's helpful is not to sit around being sad about it, but to get out into the world, to nurture your friendships, to enjoy laughter and to seek out new experiences, because after all, that's what you've got to do if you want to remake a life. So your guests who are doing these sorts of things are doing exactly what resilient people do when they're confronted by a setback, which is to get out, try to engage in the world, and try to find a new path. You talk about um, some of the, I guess, old research out there or old thought process of how to help people who are grieving. Uh, in your book, you, it's the five stages of grief. But when you spoke to researchers, you found out that this was not exactly what people go through. Right. Everybody talks about the five stages of grief. And when my husband died, I kept expecting them to show up on some sort of timetable. And I was shocked when they did not. That is because the five stages of grief have nothing to do with what people experience when they have lost a loved one. They are, in fact, the five stages that supposedly people go through when they are dying. So um, many people have these expectations, and that support group I went to made us study them as if we were supposed to somehow follow this path. And in fact, um, the five stages of grief are completely irrelevant to someone who is going through a loss. 
I wanted to turn back to some of our in-studio guests. Um, was listening to a little bit of Becky's story. Um, Ada, I mean, obviously um, you have a, a background in uh, mental health and helping people. Um, so did you did you consider that this five stages of grief that's often mentioned to people who are who are suffering a loss isn't something that everyone even experiences? Um, yes, because when I was going through it, I kept on going back to the stages of grief and trying to figure out what stage I was in. Um, and I'm like, am I in shock? Am I angry? And um, so it kind of didn't fit in. So I totally agree with um, the author. Um, and I completely agree that you really have to go out there into the world. And I actually made a list of it was my quest for joy because I decided that I needed to fill my life with all those things that I love to do and I had not done because I was busy and do more of that. Quest for joy. I think that you think you should uh, trademark that. (laughs) Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is very helpful to me because I'm really so early on in the stages and, um, you know, I did the Wikipedia searches and that sort of thing. And, you know, even as as early as yesterday, I was looking at the five stages and just like trying to understand if this was really what I was going through or not. It didn't quite ring true with me as well. So it's been very helpful. And Krista, you're a pretty positive person, but I'm sure you've had your days where it's hard to get out of bed. Well, you know, it is. It's you. You have, I guess, whatever the stage characteristics are, but they don't. They just show up at different times. So you can be, you can have anger, you can feel, you know, denial and things like that. But again, you know, I agree. It's it's all about sort of moving forward. And I think if you are, you know, seeking out resources and seeking out supports and you know, engaging with others and moving forward and doing activities you love. I think you can have those feelings, but I I don't believe, again, that they should be sort of the blueprint for how this is going to go for you, especially if you're younger. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nopithanchel. Today we're talking about widowhood. Um, Joining us from NPR Studios in New York is Becky Aikman, author of Saturday Night Widows. We're going to hear more about her journey after she got kicked out of that particular support group. But I want to take a quick call. Uh, Sarah's been holding from Mansfield. Sarah, what's your question? Hi, yeah. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I, uh, I'm i recently widowed. I'm 30 years old, um, and I lost my wife uh, about just over a year ago uh, in a drunk driving accident. And um, I just had a question for your panel. Um, I mean, uh, I know a lot of you had said that, you know, your uh, spouse's illnesses um, gave you a lot of time to uh, process and create plans. But, um, you know, what is the what is the course of action when um, you didn't exactly have uh, a plan for what do I do when you go on? You know, like what do uh, do I find love? Would you what do you want me to do? You know, and it's 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 tough when uh, you think about the person every single day. But it's like I I just wanted to ask your your panel. You know, what is their experience um, in, in finding um, someone else if 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 they feel like they wanted one. Well, Sarah, thank you for that um, call, and we're sorry to hear of your loss. I think Mark uh, Dombrowski would be able to answer that question. Um, you know, he lost his wife, Anne, very suddenly. Um, can you give her some advice? Yes, first of all, just so sorry to hear of your loss. And um, it is such a shock that you really do not have time to plan. And um, I'm not sure what to say to you. I mean, for for myself, it's something that, um, you know, I have young children. And so my focus has really been 
on them. Just getting the timing of it happened such that it was just the start of school. My son is a freshman. My daughter's a sixth grader, so they were both starting new schools. Really, the last, uh, the focus of these last couple months has been on the children, and I'm starting to begin to start thinking about myself and the future. But it's just been such a whirlwind, and with the start of school, and did a lot of those things, the schedule and the planning and the doctor's appointments and all of those things. So I'm learning all of those things as I go. And that's been a challenge for me. So, but I think it it is natural to begin to think, you know, will will I love again? And I'm I'm sure you will. Um, Sarah, if you could keep uh, stay on the line because I know our author Becky Aikman. So, um, you created your own support group when the one that you went to, you know, didn't fit the bill, so to speak. And the women that you that you invited to be part of that support group all had different stories. So what can you tell Sarah about when something when you lose someone suddenly, but then you want to think about restarting again? Well, after I learned about um, what actually is helpful to people, I decided to start this sort of crazy alternative support group. There were six of us, and all of us were much further along than Mark is, for example, when really it's perfectly understandable to be knocked flat. All of us were maybe a year to two years, um, in one case three years out, and so therefore ready to turn a corner and start thinking about the future. And one of the first things we discovered is that everyone was thinking about this question. They were young, and they had had happy relationships, and they wanted to be happy again in a new relationship. Uh, And in this group, they felt able to talk about that without being judged and without feeling guilty, because I think a lot of people feel guilty. There's this romantic notion that you can only have one love in your whole life. Uh, But uh, in fact, research again shows that people who have had happy relationships are very well situated to go on and have other happy relationships because they know how it's done. So um, for us, the major dilemma was to figure out how to go out and find someone new. It was like being a teenager again, having to learn about dating and who's cute and all that kind of stuff. And we discovered that however mature you are, um, you revert back to very immature behaviors. Uh, So we supported each other through all sorts of uh, crazy experiences, meeting people and dating people and uh, facing the issues you face in a more of a midlife relationship. What do you do with your children? What do you do with their children? Uh, do you really want to marry again? Do you want to just be close to someone? So we were all working through those issues and uh, fortunately had people to laugh with about it. You know, uh, Becky, our producer, Jeff Tyson, um, has a personal connection to this topic. Um, his father passed away at 50 and his mother ended up meeting another young widower at a support group, they have since married. So in the course of you know, writing your book and your experiences, is that common uh, for widows and widowers uh, to have that connection and they're the ones that, that fall in love? Oh, I think so. In our little group, our dream was to meet a widower because he would be somebody who would get what we were going through. Uh, I don't think any of us actually did meet a widower. Oh, <laughs> one did and that, that didn't work out. But um, I can understand how it can work out because that's someone who can understand you. Um, And I've heard of people meeting in support groups before, too, although I certainly wouldn't join one with that in mind. 
Um, before we take a couple of calls, I wanted to turn back to Ada Rodriguez, who lost her husband a couple of years ago. Um, when we think about this idea of finding love again, is that something that um, you have felt comfortable thinking about, talking about? Um, I think it's a process. And in the past two years, it's been like a inner process of me trying to figure out what is it that I want with my life. I think I've gotten to the point that I feel like I was ready to move on. Um, and I've always had this idea that you have to be open to the universe and kind of put it out there, you know, do things that you enjoy, show happiness, be kind, and good things will come your way. So um, I do feel that um, doing that, you know, being open, and, and, and so then you kind of get a feel of what's right. And um, at this point, I've met somebody, and um, I feel happy again. Um, but again, is that struggle that things that make you happy at the same time you're sad because you miss your spouse. You feel like you're cheating or you feel guilty about the feelings you're having for somebody else. And that's kind of like the process and the struggles. Christy, before we take a call, um, what do you think about uh, that, that topic? I know you just lost Tracy a, a few months ago, but is this something that because of, you know, that he'd been ill for a long time. Is it something that you had talked about with him about what your life would be like when he's no longer here? Yeah, no, we, we talked about it. And, um, you know, I think because I am in sort of the, the beginning parts of this, um, it's certainly, you know, something that I think about, um, you know, and it, it's funny, too, because we talked sort of at length about it. And he all he said to me was, well, you know, Christy, you're a smart woman. He's like, just make sure you get involved with someone who's not really complicated. And then we had a good laugh. <laughs> So, um, you know, I, you know I, I'll be open to that when the time comes, but, you know, all, all in time. Right. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Let's take some calls now. Uh, Nancy's been holding from Wallingford. Nancy, you're on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that I came on after Sarah because um, I was only 25 when my first husband died in an accident, and I was left kind of shell-shocked, and I can hear that in her voice now. Um, but I want to tell her and everyone else that um, there is hope. I was 25. I was pregnant. I talked to my husband at 6 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, I got a call from the hospital that he was dead. He had been killed in an accident. And uh, so I found myself at 25. I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, that didn't work out too well. But um, I went back and finished my bachelor's degree, got two master's degrees, got remarried, had a couple more children, um, have had a great career of teaching, and now I'm retired and I'm teaching adult students at night. So um, there is life. There is life again and love again and good again. And the other thing that I would say, um, especially in light of the recent election season, is that um, what you don't see on the news is that people are generally kinder and more generous than we expect them to be. And your hope and your help comes uh, very often from people you didn't expect it from. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Nancy. I know uh, Mark uh, touched on that a little bit earlier about um, just the the outpouring of support that you've gotten from the West Hartford community. That's right. So, um, I mean, one of the great things they did for me um, as a dad with kids was uh, create something called a meal train. So each 
each night around dinner time, a different West Hartford woman appears at my door with food and I get a hug. So I think that is a really nice thing. <laughs> and, you know, how long can this thing go? So I think we are booked through uh, January. But, um, you know, that's just one small example of the outpouring of and the only complaint is there's not enough slots on it. You know, people really want to give. So I've been very appreciative of that support I've received. And I want to turn back to the author that's uh, joining us from NPR uh, New York, Becky Aikman, who wrote the book Saturday Night Widows, The Adventures of Six Friends Remaking Their Lives. So obviously support is important, but what advice and what did you learn from you know, spending time with these other widows about how um, they can help themselves? I learned that everybody is different and that there is no one piece of advice for everyone. I did learn that our approach worked very well. We got together once a month, always on a Saturday night, and we did new adventures together because we wanted to get accustomed to the experience of trying new things. So we did trips and we took a cooking class. And um, one thing that has gotten a lot of attention is we went out lingerie shopping together once so that everybody could get comfortable again with the idea of being attractive and thinking about those issues. Um, so I did learn that pushing yourself a little bit outside your comfort zone can be very helpful after a time. I, I want to emphasize this. In the first few months, it is perfectly fine to feel lousy and not push yourself to do anything. Let people bring you those covered dishes and enjoy them. But over time, I think we did learn that um, getting out there on your own and, and trying new things is very helpful and having a sense of humor about it. Um, and we all followed each other's adventures, um, which was very helpful. So another thing I would suggest to people who are in this position or who know someone who's in this position, if you know someone else who is, introduce them. Because meeting someone else who is going through this is one of the most helpful things you can do. And it doesn't have to be within the structure of some gloomy support group. It can be two people getting together, sharing their experiences, having a laugh about it, encouraging each other, and going out and doing something fun. So that would be one of my primary pieces of advice. This is Where We Live. I'm Lucy Nalbethangel. I'm talking with journalist and author Becky Aikman, who wrote the book Saturday Night Widows, The Adventures of Six Friends Remaking Their Lives. And she's also here with us in studio with Christy Koval, Ada Rodriguez, and Mark Dombrowski, all Connecticut residents who've recently lost their spouses. We're talking about widowhood today from the perspective of people not retirement age. And if you're waiting to uh, ask a question or a comment, we'll take that after the break. This is Where We Live. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. Today we're talking about widowhood. Joining us from NPR Studios in New York is Becky Aikman, journalist and author of Saturday Night Widows. And in studio with us are three Connecticut residents, Christy Koval, Otto Rodriguez, and Mark Dombrowski, all who've lost spouses. And I want to take um, some calls now. Peter's been holding from Canton. Peter, you're on the show. Yes, hello. Thank you, Lucy. Um, and again, my sympathies to all the people who were widows, especially those who were widowed recently. Um, I was widowed at age 31 after my wife had a six-year battle with cancer. That was 18 years ago. Um, and I remember at the time, I had a, my son was about two and a half years old. I just remember thinking, I'll never be happy again. Um, I'll never love again. I don't want to love again. And what I can say to the people that are there, people that are newly widowed, is um, the smoke eventually cleared. And for me, it made a big difference getting into a good 
Connecticut, we're very fortunate. Uh, Mary's Place in Windsor, Connecticut is a, a center that has a support group for young widows and widowers. So it's typically people that are young, that most of them have children at home. And for me, it was such a huge, a, a, a huge benefit to get with people that knew what we were going through. I had a lot of loving family and friends from town, but to get together with people that knew what you were going through was was such a huge difference. Now, for me, I also met my current wife in that support group. Now, why I went, as, as I think the author said, but um, to connect with someone that you knew was going through what you were going, going through was wonderful. Um, she had three children. Her husband went to work and died unexpectedly one day, so our situations were very different. But 15 years ago, we blended our families. Um, they're all young adults now, and and life is just wonderful. The other thing that I would like to add for people that are widows is getting in a support group or talking with people that are going through is very important. But you also, as widowers, we were taught you need to do the work. You just can't bury it away. You can't busy yourself with life. You need to grieve. You need to do the work. Um, and once, you, if you do the work, you'll be. It's hard, but you'll be happy you did it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Peter. Um, you know, I wanted to turn back to, to Mark uh, Dombrowski. You, know, you cracked a joke before the break, and I was curious about, you know, when we talk about humor, is that taboo when we think about people who've lost their spouses? And, and you know, you've described yourself to the producer of that, you know, you are an extrovert and, you know, you've got a positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did you feel like, you know, when you want to be more yourself, um, in a crowd, even though you've lost your wife recently, that does it feel strange to 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 be the way you are and to see how I can you know still be positive and and crack a joke and and feel good? Yeah, no, not not really. I mean, um, you know, my wife Anne enjoyed my sense of humor. It it sort of uh, tamped down a little of her seriousness, you know. So whenever I feel like things are getting a little too serious, I like to, to lighten it with, with humor. And that's just uh, part of me and who I am. So um, I, I think it is helpful for breaking the, the, the stress and a lot of the tension from everything that we're, we're going through. And before I take another call, uh, Becky Aikman's uh, with us uh, again. She's the author of Saturday Night Widows. And I wanted to ask you about um, the label widow and widower. And is that are we not doing uh, these people justice by labeling them as a widow, even though they've lost their spouse? I mean, how can we, I guess, change the conversation, Becky? It's such an unfortunate word because it just has so many connotations of somebody who is sad, the, the one person you wouldn't want to sit next to at Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, but the fact is, it is the only word for what has happened to us. So uh, the six of us in my little group eventually decided we would own that word. We would make a widow cool, um, <laughs> which probably only worked in our minds. But I agree, it's a tough label. When you first realize that label applies to you, it's such a grim moment. Um, so you've just got to push past it. There's no other way. And um, and I would just want to say to Mark that there are studies that show that people who have a good sense of humor have the best mental health years after an event like this. So uh, nurture that sense of humor. It's it's very <laughs> useful for getting past any difficult transition in life. Uh, Kevin's calling from Glastonbury. Kevin, you're on Where We Live. Oh, thank you for taking my call. I don't quite fit. I'm the adult son of a, a young widow. And uh, I have a whole lifetime experience, but I'll keep it down to two quick points. One was my mother got involved in single parent activities. 
So she didn't have that label of widow. It was single parent. And there was not one other widow in the whole group. They were all divorced couples. And uh, we had a great time. We went on ski trips. We went biking. We had cookouts. And it, it really, it, it was great being raised this way. And the other thing, the story that she related to me that was so sad, especially about this whole thing about labeled, people told her that her married friends were going to cut off those relationships. And that's exactly what happened. Out of all the people she knew, she only had one friend that stuck with her after my dad died. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, you know, Christy, what do, what do you think about what Kevin is saying about when someone is widowed, their original support network, maybe married couples, don't know how to, to interact with someone? Well, I think... Um you know, I think that there's some people, you know, that sort of fall by the wayside. They may be feeling sort of awkward about what's happened to you and not know how to interact with you because, you know, the situation has currently changed. But I really haven't found that to be the case. I think if you've had nurturing relationships with people, you know, you have to sort of be direct. And again, use your sense of humor. So you may have gone out with another couple and there were four and now there's three. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, if you've had close friends for many, many years, I feel like they should be able to weather that transition, you know, with you. And if you're listening and you're married and know someone who is recently widowed, keep keep inviting them out. Uh, Absolutely. Keep inviting them to your dinner table. Uh, Lori's been calling and waiting from West Haven. Lori, we just have a couple of minutes. What's your question or comment? Okay, my situation is I just recently met a very uh, lovely gentleman at the grocery store, and we've developed a relationship. And he's uh, been recently widowed. Um, I'm 63, but he's 72, and he had been married for a long, long time. And um, so right now he's, of course, emotionally fragile, but he also now has to deal with a cancer concern. And I'm, I, I just really want to know how I can possibly, you know, uh, help him because, you know, to go from it, – it's like jumping out of the, the, the pan into the, the fire, so to speak. Um, so um, how, how does one help a, a person who's facing a cancer concern who's also recently widowed? His wife will have passed away two years this okay. November. Okay, Lori, thank you. That's a good question. Um, I'll ask uh, Ada to take that. Ada Rodriguez. Um, yes, I, I do think that that's a, um, it's a very difficult for a person to be dealing with this. My um, professional recommendation would be that he probably would need to uh, find somebody that is a mental health counselor to assist him with that because that is, um, that is a very difficult situation that he is going through and very specific and uh, before we end the show, I want to turn back to Becky Aikman. You, know, you did a lot of research. You know what it's like to be a young widow. You know, what are some like parting um, words of advice uh, for people? And what have, what have you heard from since your book came out, Saturday Night Widows? Well, I've actually received thousands of letters from people uh, who really want to share their experience. They're very long letters, so I feel like one of the world's leading experts on <laughs> what is on the minds of widows. And uh, it, it's very much what people here were talking about. How do you continue to fit into your social circle? What do you do about the issue of finding love again? How do you blend a family if you have so found someone again? There are so many different issues that people face. And um, 
one way to look at it is it's a dramatic turning point, but it is an opportunity to do new things. It's very important to remember that grief is not an end in itself. It's not a static condition. Grief is a process of finding comfort, and uh, you can do that in many ways. And it doesn't have to be sad all the time. It can be a process of finding new insight and new joy. Um, It's important not to see it only as a negative thing. And I think the people I hear from and the people in my book um, all discovered that they learned new things about themselves and that they grew and they had exciting new experiences in their lives. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't all bad. Uh, A lot of it was good. And and it's like any other transition in life. Mm. You've got to rip out some of the old patterns and set new patterns, but that can be a positive thing in the long run. Thank you so much, Becky, Becky Aikman, the author of Saturday Night Widows. And also to our guests in studio, thank you so much for talking about something that is a difficult topic. Otto Rodriguez and Mark Dombrowski, both West Hartford residents. And always good to see you again, Christy Koval from Middletown. And we can continue this conversation online, and I do want to thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank our show is produced by Lydia Brown and Jeff Tyson. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Thanks for listening.